Let's hit it. And welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Right, here we go. What you think about? Hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I hope you enjoyed the opening music. It's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, and you can download that on any of your favorite music platforms if you like. For those of you that are new to our show, Alzheimer's Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to have real conversations with real people, and we're going to do just that today. We have a excellent panel with us, and we are going to be talking about something fairly new called Zinnia TV, which is perfect for people kind of mid to end stage with Alzheimer's and dementia, but it is applicable for a lot of other things, including myself when I just need a little peace and and calmness in my life. So please stay with us. Alzheimer's Speaks uh, is something where we interview everybody all around the world. So Um, We want to raise everyone's voice from those living with a diagnosis to families and professionals caring for them, uh, to researchers and advocates, uh, to kids. Everybody is impacted by this disease and we don't want to fool ourselves for one second thinking anything different because when we come together, we can make sustainable change faster. So please join us and spread the word to others. Now, before I introduce our guest, I always like to do some shout outs. So first I wanna shout out to the uh, Dementia Map, which is a global resource directory that we just launched not too long ago. And it is free to use 24 seven. You don't have to register. You don't need a password, a membership, none of that stuff. And we have a variety of categories. In fact, 150 categories and we are always open to adding more resources, tools, and products. So please check out DementiaMap.com. There you will find um, a couple of uh, platforms that I'm going to tell you about. Uh, One is the Memory Cafe directory. There are almost 200 memory cafes um, around the world now that are doing virtual events, and there's about a thousand of them total to be able to pick from. Many are starting to go back in person now, so check that out. Go to Memory Cafe directory, and then Coral Health is still allowing people to go ahead and download two of their music apps, Music First and Coral Faith Free. So go to Coral health.com that's c-o-r-o health.com and i also want to mention that i do a memory cafe and anyone is welcome to join us we do that virtually it is sponsored by arthur's senior living we do that on the second and the fourth wednesday of each month at one o'clock and that is virtual you can reach out to me for more information on that I'm also doing a caregiver support group for Brookdale, and that one we meet in person in Shoreview, Minnesota. 
And you can register by calling 763-913-6140. And we do that on the last Wednesday of each month between 10 and 11 a.m. Central Time. Coming up on August uh, 10th, I will be doing a virtual presentation that anyone is welcome to join us. It's free through Artist Senior Living. And we're gonna be talking about conscious, compassionate care for the care partner, because you know what? We can't give good care if we're not taking care of ourselves. So we're gonna talk about things that aren't always talked about when uh, when we uh, discuss care. Also wanna give a shout out to the Brain Donor Project. That's braindonorproject.org. It is important that people sign up to donate their brains, both healthy and those that are living with a, with a form of dementia. And then last, I'm going to give a shout out to a conference. It's an international conference uh, called Together for Dementia, and that'll be held November 2nd. And that is um, being sponsored by the Dementia Research Charity Brace. And you can find more information on all of these at Alzheimer's Speaks, or you can visit me and uh, shoot me an email at radio at alzheimerspeaks.com. We're gonna hear from the Foot Bar Walker, which just reduced their price. So check them out and we'll be right back. Introducing the life-changing Foot Bar Walker. I'm Peggy from Danville, Kentucky, and I'm 91 years old. The Foot Bar Walker revolutionized my care of George. It absolutely benefits the patient and the caregiver both, and that's the beauty of it. It's so easy to use. It folds up just like a dream. I got it in and out of the car without any effort at all. The saving that I made from having to put him in a nursing home came to about $192,000. Does someone you love use a walker? Do they struggle? to get up from a seated position? Are you a caregiver dealing with physical pain and stress as you help your patient? The Foot Bar Walker was designed to assist not only the patient, but also the caregiver. Patients have more control standing up and no lifting from the caregiver is required. See how it works at thefootbarwalker.com. That's thefootbarwalker.com. Peggy, would you recommend the Foot Bar Walker? Do I ever? I would not be in the health that I'm in today at this age had it not been for the Foot Bar Walker. Well, I'm so excited to to introduce my gallery of guests today. This is going to be a really fun conversation. And first and foremost, I want to introduce you to Allison Schreier. Um, her role as a family care partner sparked a whole career change for her. And she went from technology to focusing on improving the lives of people living with dementia and those that support them. She's going to chat about her experience as a family care partner and how that led to the creation of Xenia TV. Allison will talk about Xenia uh, TV, the products, the goals, the metrics, the successes. And um, she's also going to give us a brief tour of the site, which I think will be really exciting as well. And just to let you know, she is also the program manager for a project called the Echo Dementia at the University of Washington Memory and Brain Wellness Center. So welcome, Allison. Thank you so much, Lori. It's really great to be here today. Thrilled to have you. I'm going to continue to introduce everybody before we go into our line of questions. So next, I want to go ahead and introduce you to Dr. Carolyn Parsi. Uh, she is an innovative researcher and neuropsychologist 
with the expertise in the intersections of technology and healthcare. Um, she's going to chat with us a bit about the work that she does at the University of Washington Memory and Brain Wellness Center. And then she's gonna talk also about brain changes that are associated with dementia. So welcome, Dr. Parsi, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you for having me. Thanks for taking the time. Next, I wanna introduce you to Carrie Pollock. There are two things that immediately come to mind when you talk to Carrie. One is the woman loves coffee. And two, she loves to engage with her work that benefits older adults and their families. And she brings more than 25 years of marketing, communication, training, and business development knowledge and expertise to aging and social services. And Lord, don't we know we need that. So today, Carrie's going to talk about her company, which is called Aging Wisdom, and her interest in supporting the aging population. Among services that she offers, she has a professional uh, care partners that also use the Xenia TV to support their clients. So we're going to be able to hear from that angle as well. And she's going to chat with us about, uh, about those experiences. So thank you for your time for joining us today, Carrie. Oh, certainly. Thank you, Lori. Great. And last but not least is uh, Carolyn Lukert, and she is part of a team supporting her mom who is living with Lewy body dementia. So she is also a consultant on the Tipa Snow Positive Approach Care Team, which most people in the dementia ring know about that because Tifa has had just such an incredible force um, around the world in terms of her technique. So uh, Carolyn helps others explore those strategies for their own dementia-related situations. And as part of that role, she also facilitates education and support series for care partners and in their roles. So thank you so much for joining us, Carolyn. I really appreciate it very much. You are most welcome, and I am uh, happy to be here, and thank you for inviting me to participate. Well, we're thrilled to have you. I'm going to start the conversation out with uh, Dr. Parsi, and I'd like you to tell us a little bit about your work, and what do you do that really supports families living with um, Alzheimer's disease or other dementias? Yeah, so my my work has always been kind of in this, in this intersection of technology and aging, and then more specifically, um, people with cognitive impairments. And so recently, my work has been in identifying pitfalls in the use of technology in older adults and people with cognitive impairments, and then trying to address some of those issues to help people use technologies um, successfully, but then also really get the benefits out of them. Um, so in the past, I've done work in smart environments, designing homes um, that can promote living independently, um, kind of being able to conduct activities of daily living. So the things we think about like cooking and uh, laundry, managing medications and things like that. How can we use technology in order to keep people living independently for as long as possible? And then more recently has been really focused on more con consumer-based technology. So whether they're tablets, um, cell phones, lots of different apps and how people with cognitive impairment are interacting with those and how can we help the designers of those technologies create them with the user in mind. So for those with cognitive impairment. Well, that's fantastic because I hear those, you know, that whole mix between technology and 
does it really work for the person with dementia all the time, especially through our dementia chats group. And we have tackled that multiple times and they're like out there shaking the tree, listen to us because this looks pretty, but it's not functional. Um, and I know one of their, one of their biggest battles is upgrades, you know, and the mm -hmm. changes. And that's, I know that's a really tough one to work around, but I love the idea of the smart houses as well as looking at the tablets and the computers and the phones and, and the overall accessibility. I'm just curious, um, Dr. Parsi, have you personally been touched by dementia in your own family or circle of friends? I, I have. Um, it's what got me interested in working in this in the first place. Um, my grandfather um, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease when I was maybe about 14 or 15 years old. Um, and uh, kind of became more prominent when I was in um, college. And so I became more interested and actually joined a, a lab that was looking at um, cognition and technology at that time in people with Alzheimer's disease and kind of led down this trajectory. Um, and then, you know, several, several um, other members of my family have, have fallen into the mild cognitive impairment um, range or various types of dementia, vascular dementia in particular. Um, so definitely runs true to my heart, um, as well as just a um, interest, intellectual interest. I always find it interesting, the tie-in, and it's amazing how many people have a true tie-in with this and, and how it, like you said, projects in their life and what they're going to do with it in making a difference. So kudos to you for, for following that, for seeing a need and, and um, it inspiring you to really make a difference. I want to talk to you too uh, and have you just uh, speak a little bit about brain changes that occur in mid to late dementia, because a lot of people don't totally understand, you know, what's going on, you know, what can they comprehend, what can't they, um, and why is that? So if you wouldn't mind um, sharing that with us, that, that would be really helpful. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult topic to, to tackle in just a couple of minutes, but I'll do my best. You know, one of the things that, that is particularly challenging, right, is that we have different types of dementia. We have different causes or what the, the fancy word is etiologies, but we'll say causes today um, of dementia. So Alzheimer's disease, right, being the most common cause of dementia and can look a little different than something like dementia with Lewy bodies, especially in that kind of moderate stage. But you can suffice it to say that in, especially in late stage, we start to see a lot of similarities. So the changes in the brain um, often can, can start with difficulties with comprehension or with that short-term memory um, ability. So people often describe it as forgetting um, things that they were recently told or, or a conversation that recently happened, an event that recently happened, right? And what's happening in the brain is that our ability to take in all of that information and then get it into storage, the fancy term for that is called encoding. So getting information from the outside. So whether that's something we're looking at, something that we hear, something that we um, may be interacting with, getting that information into storage is really one of the big breakdowns um, in dementia. And so that gets compacted even more by some of the auditory and visual changes that happen as well, just in normal aging, right? So as we um, experience hearing loss, as we experience vision changes, we're seeing changes in um, the brain as well that combine with those that make it even, kind of, that, that exacerbate it, that make it worse. Um, so in, in later stages, we start to see 
more difficulty too with kind of the more complex skills. So being able to um, think creatively, think um, or or comprehend complex concepts, and this kind of ties into some of the the work that Allison has been doing with Zinnia TV and thinking about what what types of content can people really appreciate and how much is overload, right? At what point is it too much? Oh, that was very helpful. Um, I, I, cause again, I think that there's so, there's so much information out there and people don't quite understand what puts somebody in that, in that later stage category. And I, I can't wait to um, learn a little bit more about, uh, you know, with, with Allison and your conversations, you know, regarding, you know, how do you present, you know, the, the best kind of product for this stage? Because, you know, and this is my personal opinion. So, you know, uh, comment all you like, but I, I think this end stage has been an area that really hasn't been addressed and there hasn't been a lot of support in terms of engagement. And so I am just so thankful that this exists because I, I just think this is um, incredibly important for us. So uh, Dr. Parsi, thank you so much uh, for your time on that. Um, Allison, I'm going to go to you next. And I want to ask you a little bit about your personal story and your connection to dementia, if you don't mind first. Yeah, so my personal story around dementia, Lori, is most focused on my relationship with my husband. So he is, uh, was, we lost him a couple of years ago, but he was one of the, the rare 5% or fewer of people who received their diagnosis of some form of dementia younger than the age of 65. So in his case, he was 47 when he was diagnosed with frontotemporal dementia. Um, and it, we had been looking for six years or more to find a diagnosis. What's going on with my husband? So I would say that he was probably in his early 40s when he was pretty soundly presenting as a person whose brain was changing because of dementia. Um, shortly after he was diagnosed, my stepfather was diagnosed with vascular dementia. And around the same time, my stepmother was uh, presenting with mild cognitive impairment that went on to probably be Alzheimer's disease, although she did not get a formal diagnosis. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of experience. You're uh, telling me. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I appreciate the fact that you, you took that and you pushed forward to make a difference for other families. I think that that is just so honorable because you, I mean, you lived it on multiple levels and um, in multiple relationships as well, because, you know, every person, as we know, is different. Every relationship is different. And so it, it complicates, you know, how do you meet that? How do you meet that need? I'm wondering in terms of, of developing and, and creating Zinnia TV, how did you take those relationships and caring roles and kind of come up with this idea? Yeah, so uh, an experience that I have in common with many uh, care partners is I reached a point where that most caregivers do, I think, where it became too challenging for me to support my husband at home any longer, especially given that our kids were quite young, given the age of his diagnosis. They were just 12 and 15 when he was diagnosed. So when he moved into a care community, I became aware 
pretty instantly um, and, and bothered by how much time my husband and the other folks in the community spent in front of a television. And I had started already doing a deep dive, trying to figure out what is going on in my husband's brain and what can he do and what can't he do. And I had discovered some of the things that Dr. Parsi spoke about, the uh, fact that he was, his concentration was really impaired and the ability to track rapidly moving images was challenging, the ability to follow um, conversations was challenging. And I know from the work that uh, I also studied with Tipa Snow and became certified as a consultant. And um, that's actually how I met Carolyn uh, Lukert. And I know that Tipa talks about the fact that people uh, in middle stage dementia um, typically can miss like one in every four words spoken. So it's really hard to track something that's moving at a standard um, auditory uh, rate. And also people have difficulty tracking a plot um, because of that concentration ability and the ability to process information as it comes in and the ability to tell fact from fiction. So I know, knowing all of that and watching the people who my husband was with and my husband get agitated while they were watching TV, get bored, fall asleep, lots of daytime sleeping, which then resulted in them not sleeping at night, which resulted in medication to get them to sleep which resulted in medication to make them stay up. I mean, it just it was terrible. And so I just thought, wow, why isn't there something that is appropriate for people who are living with dementia to watch if they're going to watch TV? And so I started looking for it. Where is this thing? Where is this programming that takes into account what people are no longer able to do? Well, I think that is wonderful. I love that you pointed out those factors about, you know, the loss of, of, catching all the words, the inability to follow the plot, the, the fact from fiction. I, I know for myself as care partner, I didn't know any of those things, really. I knew, I, I, I could tell that she wasn't following, my mom wasn't able to follow a plot. Mm -hmm. And I saw how frustrating that was to her. And, and since my work in this, you know, I've heard it so many times where they feel less than, I can't, I can't even follow a TV show. You know, and that was something we did as a family just to kind of relax or um, and the 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 fact versus fiction, I think, is really an important one as well, because most people, I think, even in a lot of care communities don't understand this. And, and I'll never forget the day I saw my mom just hysterical. And I thought she was upset because I was cleaning out her closet, even though it was under her direction. Um, but that's what I thought it was about. And here we were bombing Iraq on the TV. And she thought that was happening right outside the door. And she, I mean, just crocodile tears, scared to death. And, you know, I was trying to calm her down. And I, as a care partner, I didn't make the connection. And then all of a sudden it like hit me and I turned off the TV and boom, instantly yeah. she was calmed down. And so these factors are extremely important um, to families and communities and really anybody that serves um, how, how these things can come into play. Uh, why don't you share the screen? Zinnia TV is basically, it's a library um, of many, many, many videos that have been specifically created to be engaging for and to create connection for people who are living with dementia. And so they are short videos, generally about 10 minutes long, bunch of different categories, 
Um, I'll, for people who are not watching the video, there are videos that have to do with nature, with places, with interests, animals, and nostalgia. Um, if I just open up the nature videos, for instance, I can um, just click on it. I have the option to watch all, which means that we will that it will automatically start playing the first video in the library and then move on, on to the next one and the next one. And so we see that we have things like the forest, birds, underwater, flowers, um, night sky. And these videos uh, are very gently paced. They are, there is no dialogue, there is no plot, there is no guessing what's actually going on on the screen. We at Zinnia TV do not at all advocate um, the, anything like, hey, we've created this TV station, so now you can park somebody in front of this all day long. We don't think anybody should be left in front of a television all day long. But what we do think is that if people are going to watch TV, it could be helpful for them to watch something that will allow them to make a greater connection. And what we have found is that these videos are also an opportunity to create engagement and connection between the person who is watching TV with the person with dementia, um, where we can have reminiscence about the time that we were looking at flowers or that we took a nature hike or that we hung out and watched a bunch of birds. So moving into the, the animals for just a moment, in any of these categories, we can again, watch one or watch all of them. I'll go ahead and just select a video just to, to so you have a sense of, of what I'm talking about. Um, as an auditory track, we use music, typically pretty soothing music, as well as sound effects. And we have really pivoted as we've gone along with the development of this product. We used some sound effects here and there until we found out that people were really, um, really connected to the sound effects. And so we've started adding them um, in many of our videos. I feel I need to pause there in case people aren't watching the video and they're just listening, um, that that wasn't the sound of everybody snoring. That was the sounds of the cats purring. Um, so while the videos are playing, I have the option to go in and um, manipulate the speed. So even if this is still too fast for somebody to be able to process, I can go in and drop it down by 50%. And we find that especially for people who are caring for folks with later stages of dementia, that's a feature that they really, uh, that they really enjoy quite a bit. Something that we've added to our library that I really like a lot are these activities. And activities that can be shared in individual or group settings. We have sing-alongs in different languages. We have games like trivia and conversation starters. And we also have videos that are focused on activities of daily living. So if there is somebody who, for instance, is less likely to take a drink of water on their own or to want to eat or to want to bathe, 
the idea is that we can play the stay hydrated video or the get clean video to help give people a sense of what's coming. Um, there is a care community that has been working with us who uses this eat lunch video, for instance, they play it as people are coming into the dining hall. And what they found is that it has really caused, it has really had a calming effect. As people are moving into the dining hall, they see the video playing with food being prepared, people eating food, and then suddenly they understand why I'm here. I'm here to eat lunch. And so it gets rid of confusion and agitation, which is really a lovely thing. And then we also have greetings videos where we have dialogue, but it's very, very slow, gent uh, slow paced, um, very clear. And the idea is that we're doing simulated presence therapy, where we have a person who is explaining things and talking in a really um, mellow tone, helping people understand what it is that they are seeing. So that's, that's kind of a quick overview of what Zinnia TV looks like. So Zinnia, Z-I-N-N-I-A TV. Well, you know, what I love about this is just the calming effect of every single category. And I think in the world we live in, we all need that calming effect, not just people with dementia. I mean, I can see using this with myself, my grandkids. I mean, I, we just all need kind of that, that peace and that serenity. And that is a, I think it's a huge piece that so often is overlooked. Um, people are so used to, well, we'll just keep them busy. We'll just keep them busy. And one of my favorite sayings um, was by Harry Urban, who was living with dementia for quite some time now. And um, I'll never forget on Dementia Chats, he said, you know, if there's one thing I'd like your partners to remember is that I like to relax before I got dementia. And I still do. So sit down with me and enjoy that the fact that I am relaxed and allow yourself to be relaxed. Because a lot of times, you know, as care partner, we're like, you know, we're in high gear and we're trying to figure out the next thing that we have to do. And a lot of times they would just like to sit with us. And a lot of times you don't have to say anything. It's just that presence to presence um, that you're that you're gifting one another. So um, beautiful, beautiful design. Um, the website's easy to maneuver. The pictures are gorgeous and, and engaging. I, I have to ask you, how'd you come up with the name though for the company? Uh, I always find that interesting when I'm talking with authors or uh, people who have developed products. Sure. So the name Zinnia TV is named after the Zinnia flower. I'm a big gardener, and so I'm always drawn to flowers and flower names. And um, zinnia is a, a flower that thrives in even the crappiest of conditions. <laughs> so even when things are terrible, zinnia flowers still seem to, to bloom and to um, look beautiful. And so we just want to honor the fact that um, people living with dementia can still thrive and can still bloom. Um, additionally, I know that flowers often have like a meaning and the meaning for the zinnia flower is actually memories of a forgotten friend. So th those two things come together. Um, something else I just wanted to point out briefly because you mentioned the, the beauty of the zinnia TV site and the content. 
Um, when I had the idea for Zinnia TV, I started hunting around for like, but who can make it? I mean, I have an idea, but then what do you do? And so I wound up meeting a phenomenal guy by the name of Frank Lee, who it was formerly with Apple, where he designed their memories product, which is the product that allows photos to turn into little videos on your phone. And so I, through connections, reached out to him and explained what I wanted to do. And he said, I can do that for you. <laughs> So um, that's what he did. Wow. How cool is that? Um, well, he, he's done a wonderful job and you know, what a great team you've made together. And I love the the symbolism of the name. I mean, it really is just perfect, you know, and uh, to me, I think bringing and shedding light on the beauty um, that is still there, you know, with this disease, I think is, is, is extremely, extremely important. So who's your real target audience here? I mean, I know I babbled on of, I could use it, my grandkids could use it, but you know, who, who, who are you, who are you after, I guess? Who yeah, do you think well, um, so along those lines of Zinnia TV appealing to a cross section of people, I will just share with you what I thought was a funny story. A friend of mine, um, reached out who I had sent the link to reached out and said, Oh my God, I find that I have been sitting now for an hour and a half, just binging your videos. I love them. Does that mean I have dementia? <laughs> no. Um, it just means you need to calm down a bit. But I think that the original audience for, for me, like the, the truest to my heart is family care partners, because those are my people, right? That's where I come from is how do I, as a family care partner, um, know that, for instance, I can put this little video on, I'm putting, going to put on the ski video because my husband is crazy about skiing and I'm going to take 10 minutes and I'm going to clean the kitchen or I'm going to go fold some clothes. And I know that for this little window of time, he's going to be absorbed. So that, that is what really spoke to me. And also later um, in the disease, when my husband could no longer talk, if I were to show him a video that was really captivating for him, we could still have a connection about it because I could say, look at that dog. Doesn't that dog look like Sam? And we would, and we would be right there together. Um, but what we've found is that um, professional care partners also find Zinnia TV to be a great tool for engaging. Um, and in long-term care communities, people who, um, the example that I gave using it in the cafeteria, for instance, or activity directors, we hear from a lot of activity directors who like to use this to build activities around it with groups of people. Which I can see that making a, a ton of sense. So really very universal. I mean, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is, I, I know I saw this over in the UK and I can't remember where, because I talk with way too many people and I can't store it all in my brain. But they set up a room and they had, um, they did projections like onto the wall. So it was bigger than a TV. And I just, I, have you done any of that with, with your um, videos where it's not just, I mean, and I hate to say just a TV, but where the impression is even bigger than that. And then it looks well, like uh, Dr. Parsi has something to add and some knowledge on this as well. But so, yeah, um, I'll, I'll just briefly say that we, we love it when people are using a large screen TV. Um, in, there's a page on our website where we have tips. And one of the tips is make sure the person can see it. Um, just because it's lovely video, it's not going to do anybody any good if they're 20 feet away from it and their field of vision you know, stops at about 10 feet. Um, no, we have not had the opportunity to like go up on Times Square or anything, but we would love to do it. <laughs> Dr. Percy, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah. 
um, this is a, it's, it's such a neat project and, and something that um, uh, I've been talking with with a few of my colleagues who are more in the environmental sciences and folks who are very invested in the concept of nature and health and bringing these together and, you know, um, using those like large projections to have this kind of uh, almost like an immersive experience kind of this um uh it's not quite virtual reality because it's not full 360 but just having these you know almost that imax experience where because it's so big it feels like you're part of it um can have a can have a, a somewhat soothing type of ex uh, um effect on folks um and whether that's you know a lot of things that they look for is is those calming, those nature scenes, whether it's that soothing river, the waves on the beach, um, and and how those can help, especially in in those moderate late stages, we can see a lot more of that confusion, which usually leads to irritability, some of those behavioral changes, right? So um, usually when when we're confused, confusion really at, at the core, right, is uh, is some sort of fear, right, or insecurity and and worry and vulnerability. Right. And, and people then react to that in different ways. Right. Some people cry, some people yell. Um, so those are really the behaviors that we're seeing our response to that. Right. Of that of that vulnerability and, and fear. And so some of those like big projections and, and um, kind of that more immersive experience can not only be helpful in that calming, soothing way, but then as Allison was talking about a moment ago of having that social connection with it too. It allows, you know, more than one person to be watching this at once, right? So if you're talking about an assisted living facility and you have multiple people sitting around, well, that's an opportunity potentially for them to connect about, you know, if they're watching dogs or cats, remembering their, you know, their pets, um, because those might have an emotional connection. We often remember things that are um, emotional, emotionally attached far better than kind of your, your typical facts and figures, right? So it, it's, it's, I feel like it's dually helpful. You have the, the social connection piece and, or the opportunity for social connection, but then also the content itself and what it's doing for you. I had an amazing experience at a care community where we were playing the waterfalls video. And here I am thinking about care partner to person with dementia connection. And then I hear behind me, these two ladies who have fairly advanced dementia and they scoot their chairs closer together as they're watching the waterfalls. And one says to the other, I believe I've been to that waterfall. And the other one says, why I've been there too. And then they carried on a conversation while the videos were playing. And I thought, oh my gosh, I love this. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, Dr. Parsi, it, it, has there been research in terms of um, the, the physiology of the body changing, you know, with this calmness and things? I don't know if that is... Uh, something that you're familiar with? I can speak to it a little bit. So, you know, the, the, the parts of the brain that are really monitor that are managing a lot of behavior and emotion are very rudimentary. We're talking about, I sometimes call it like our lizard brain. Um, it's, it's the oldest part of the brain um, from a, from an evolutionary perspective. Um, and so these are some of um, the things that are still relatively intact for a very long time. There's, there's a reason why we remain on the top of the food chain um, uh, as humans and, and the ability to preserve a lot of these things is one of, is one of those. Um, so, you know, when, so the, the, 
the experiences that we've been describing are still tapping into a lot of that rudimentary old that it's it's the super central part of the brain the amygdala is kind of our our emotion center right and it's um it it it's part of a, a larger network, but it's often given most of the kudos um, for managing our, our emotional experience. And that is still pretty well preserved for most folks with dementia for quite a long time. It's the reason that they'll still react, you know, in, in, in tears or in happiness over things, even though they might not be able to understand the complexity of something that's happening, they still have that very, like I said, rudimentary response. So. Yeah, they're, it's it's parts that are pretty resilient, um, all things considered. Great, thank you, um, Allison. Anything you wanted to add? No, I, I accept that. I really appreciate the fact that even in the latest stages of dementia, we are still able to communicate with people. We just have to try. Yeah, it's a whole different level, and I think it's a much more intimate level. Um, in a more meaningful level, actually, or it was for me, it, it almost got into this uh, spiritual essence of um, a level of communicating I didn't know existed because I didn't need to go there before. And um, actually quite, quite beautiful. Uh, Carrie, I want to go to you next. Um, I, I want you to tell us a little bit about aging wisdom and the work that you're doing to support families living with Alzheimer's disease and other dementias. Well, i have joined Aging Wisdom about six years ago, and it's an aging life care or care management practice um, that's been around since 2003. And we really help families navigate options for aging well and caring well and living well. And so part of our service offering is creative engagement. So we have a creative engagement program, creative engagement specialists, And that's where the magic of Zinnia TV comes in. Um, When Allison was first introducing this product, she shared it with us and our creative engagement specialists have used it quite successfully with clients. And most of our clients are experiencing some level of cognitive change. Okay, great. Now, one thing I didn't ask you, and I should have um, initially was, have you been personally touched by dementia in your family or circle of friends? And has that impacted your work? Oh, of course. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a large uh, reason that I was really attracted to the field of aging to begin with. Uh, I have both my grandmothers, one grandmother had Alzheimer's, the other had vascular dementia. I lost my father to Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease. And um, I have a father-in-law who is in the end stages of Alzheimer's. So I have a real strong connection and a really deep interest. Another one with multiple, multiple levels there and uh, multiple types. So thanks for, thanks for sharing that. That always, I think just helps our audience understand where you're coming from and, and um, kind of the passion behind I think the work that you do as a whole. How have you found um, Zinnia TV helpful in terms of your work? And what kind of response are you getting from both individuals and family members? Oh, sure. Well, I would say I I can give you examples specifically about how my colleagues have uh, utilized it um, within the context of our creative engagement program. So with the creative engagement side of Aging Wisdom, you know, with the care management side, you're really looking at the healthcare 
the, the medical care um, and, and those sorts of really important parts of, you know, an individual's overall health and well-being. But often what gets neglected and overlooked, and I know that Allison saw this as she was describing earlier, especially in a lot of, you know, care communities, is just feeding that creative, the spiritual, the emotional, um, the mental uh, side, and really just the sense of purpose that we all have, even, you know, towards the end of life. And so where Zinnia comes in is we use it really intentionally. So with creative engagement, it's very tailored um, to a person's strengths, and it's tied to an individual's interests and, you know, their personal history. So the first example that came to mind um, is probably one of the first colleagues that use Zinnia TV is with a client that we had for many years, passed away last year. Um, And uh, he was a very avid hiker and camper. You know, we have an awful lot of mountains and beautiful places to go here in the state of Washington, but he was also a pediatric cardiac surgeon. And so it was the outdoor videos and the children's videos that really resonated with this client, especially towards the end of his life, that there was still very much the soul of who he was. And so Amy could share those videos with him. And sometimes it could elicit conversation, but more than anything, it just, it had a calmness that would settle over him if there perhaps was just a little, you know, agitation. Sometimes it could lead to a reminiscence um, or some sharing conversation. Um, But that was just really tailored to who this particular client was and just worked really beautifully. Um, Another example I'm thinking of, uh, my colleague Sonia um, has a client who is multilingual and also um, is a world traveler and additionally was an ambassador. And so again, there's these travel videos that are part of Zinnia that Sonia uses with this particular client. And it's used more as um, conversation prompts because that's then where this particular client can share about her world travels and the world leaders that she has worked with. And, you know, just that real, that lovely reminiscence tool. Um, The other cool thing is Sonia, and and you mentioned this, Laura, you see the value where you could use this with your grandkids. So um, my colleague, Sonia, her mother is 93 um, and isn't experiencing any cognitive change, but because of COVID um, hasn't been able to do the travel that she normally does. And so she has found a real joy in watching the travel videos again. And then also with the animal videos, sharing those with her great grandchildren and the great grandchildren, you know, they're the preschool and the early elementary school age. And so this is sort of a multi-generational tool in many ways and has worked really successfully um, through COVID and also virtually. So people don't necessarily need to be together, but they can be like we are on Zoom and and share it and watch and have conversation as well. So those are just a few of the shining examples, but it's been something we've absolutely loved having at our fingertips. Oh, it's wonderful. One of the things that hit me when you were, you know, talking about, you know, the 
people kind of get in that that sense of calmness and we've mentioned that and i think you know with calmness comes kind of that joyful peacefulness that i think is undervalued a lot you know and overlooked by people but to me i i think what's even overlooked even more is when someone is in that space they're not in that figuring out that i don't fit or how do i fit or what is wrong and how how do i fix you know this sense of i'm broken and i'm i'm not part of and to be able to remove that and to give them that sense of of calm and engagement and joy you know i mean that truly is one of those priceless moments in life um to be able to to flip that really almost on a dime i guess what i have seen and please tell me if i'm wrong but i know with my own mom i i would see moments like that i mean just instantly change any anxiety and stress um she would be focused and I, i you know and i don't know if it's a person with dementia wants out of that trap of feeling anxious and feeling frustrated and like they don't fit and they grab onto it or if it's if it's just i don't know what it is um but it works and um I, you know i i just think it's it's uh something more and more people need to need to know about there so thank you so much for those those yeah. examples um carolyn i haven't forgotten about you <laughs> i would really like to talk to you about creating a balance for the uh, you know during the day for a person with dementia whose you know abilities have have changed you know as as things progress and uh, sometimes it's not even a progression it's just a bounce um you know of symptoms i i know a lot of uh people with dementia have told me and please tell me if if you sense this or heard this from your loved one but that they view the symptoms really more like an emotional roller coaster like you don't hop out of bed and you're you're high all day and life is great you know someone cuts you off on a lane and you have that grr moment and they talk about how they go through all of the phases if it's you know no matter what scale you're using if it's a 1 through 3 1 through 4 1 through 7 they say they go through all of the phases all day long they just don't tell care partners cuz they don't want them to worry but they said it's really more of an emotional roller coaster in terms of a phase of of their feelings and they try to protect us in that so i'm really interested in you know how how you see the day and the balance or imbalance of a person living with dementia and you know trying to do that in a family environment or a community environment it's complicated it is complicated and you know so for me and i'll I'll jump back to the question you've asked everybody just so you don't have to come back to that but my family experience has been um pretty big. Uh, my dad had dementia with Lewy bodies. My mom has dementia with Lewy bodies. My grandmother had what they thought was Alzheimer's and I would agree and two uncles with vascular dementia. So um through the last I would say 12 years if we don't count count my grandmother who was in the 70s um my exposure to different dementias and similar dementias has been pretty high both in my family as well as in community life and what i do notice and have noticed lori is that you are right there are fluctuations hour to hour 
and day to day and a person and where a person is in their experience and what they're encountering and how well they are able to manage their own emotions. And, you know, Dr. Parsi mentioned amygdala management and, you know, I will tell you from my own perspective that Zinnia TV has been incredible in terms of helping with calming uh, an amygdala. And in my mom's case, who is, you know, now my, my area of focus or my person of focus, you know, we've recently had some challenges with her own health and had some hospitalization and rehab and just very recently now living in memory care after having been supported at home for five years or close to five years. And if I didn't have Zinnia TV, I'm not sure how I would have made it quite honestly um, during times of crisis when I could just pull out, literally pull out my iPad and call up Zinnia TV and just help transition her when we were in the emergency room for two days straight, you know, or coming to visit in rehab when because of COVID restrictions, we could visit two times a week for 45 minutes at a time. And we had to first transition into that visit because she was so upset. This became just a critical tool for us. And just now on a day-to-day basis, I mean, I think what I can really appreciate and Allison, I don't know if this came from your exposure through PAC or somewhere else, but the fact that in the, in the full complement of choices in Zinnia TV, you hit all the areas that we talk about for a balanced day, rest and restoration, self-care, um, fun and play, and even productive activity, which everybody needs every day. And it helps, it's just a, such a nice way to structure to, you know, Kira, you talked about a real um, kind of mindful approach to, to creativity and to, to using Xenia TV. And absolutely, I subscribe to that same theory. How do we use this wonderful technology to be able to create that balanced day that a person living with dementia so needs and needs help, just guidance and support to get there. So for me, it's been really helpful both personally and in my role at PAC. I work with, I do consultations with families around the world. But I can't tell you the number of times when a care partner might say, I just need 10 minutes to do something. But my person, my loved one is, is I can't, you know, is shadowing me all the time. And we talk about using Zinnia TV or how do we use it to help transition? Allison, similar to, you're, you were saying how using Zinnia TV in a community environment to help transition as people are coming into breakfast. You know, I mean, it's just, I'm amazed at how well thought out the categories are, the music is, <laughs> you know, the games, the, my mom's favorite is the famous faces trivia that we probably have played that. I mean, we could 
literally play it every day and that would work for her <laughs> you know but just so just such a variety and we sing to Mary Sue all the time so I was thrilled when I saw her on there so it's just you know just such a great variety such such a great tool so that that's how I use it in a nutshell well, I, I appreciate your feedback and your, your insights on that. I mean, I just think how cool would this be in so many different settings from a clinic to a hospital to a dental office to, you know, even on an airplane, you know, people get anxious and different. I mean, there's, there's, it, it's endless, the use that, that this could come into play um, in, in the care centers at home. And I too was going to mention the music because I think that that is such a big, important piece too for, for people um, where they get so much joy and, and so much pleasure. Uh, well, I just, um, I can't thank you all enough for spending this time with us. Allison, I want to ask you, what do you, what have we missed that you want people to know about Zinnia TV and, and how do they sign up and access it, uh, you know, for themselves? Thank you for asking and, th and thank you for having us. Um, there, so Zinnia, it is, Zinnia TV is just available. It's, it's a website, zinniatv.com, Z-I-N-N-I-A, like the flower, tv.com. Um, and there are a bunch of different options that people can, um, use to to watch it there's always a free channel where we have just a small sampling of videos but for people to just try it out and see if they like it and then we have a subscription a very low cost <laughs> subscription service um, to keep the lights on <laughs> so that is um available it's all all of that information is on the website um, we also have posted one minute clips of many of our videos on youtube um, that anybody can go and just check those out. Um, I think that uh, one of the things that I have found is that some people do rely on YouTube as a way to stream lots of um, videos. And I think that it's amazing, the stuff that's out there. Um, the challenge is that when you walk away and that video ends, then there's a commercial that may or may not be appropriate for the person living with dementia. And so one of the things that I love about our video streams is that they are commercial free and they will always be commercial free. Well, and with, with YouTube, I mean, there's commercial, now they're popping up in the middle of stuff too, you know, so I mean, it, and then there's so much more going around it as well. Um, if somebody hasn't popped it up now with your subscription, uh, do they vary from like, say a family to a memory care to a home care type service? Yeah, that's exactly it. So family care partners, I, it's $4.99 a month, or you get 12 months for the price of 10. And then we have a home for people who are doing home care, like Carrie, Carrie's group, um, and then long-term care community where we do a, a pricing depending on how many folks you're supporting. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you ladies so much for spending this time with us. I, I know I found this fascinating. I think it's just absolutely a fantastic service and it is something that has been needed for many, many years and will help families and professionals alike out with this and most important people living with dementia. And so again, you can go to Zinnia TV, uh, Z-I-N-N, iatv.com 
And you can reach Allison by just going to allison at zinnyatv.com if you'd like to email her as well. Again, thank you so much for raising light on this, this wonderful opportunity and and uh, Dr. Parsi telling us a little more about dementia and the, the mid and kind of end stages there that people don't understand. Um, really do appreciate it very, very much. So uh, thank you. Have a wonderful time for our audience. Please like, click and share. You know, don't keep a nugget or a gem a secret. Pass it along. I mean, you know, this can help other people too. So make everybody's life easier. That's what Alzheimer's Speaks was developed to do, was to connect people to services, products, and tools that they can assess for themselves and, and see what they think. So thank you again. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye now. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.